Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone, and happy NFL postseason. It's Monday, February 12th. I'm John Weigel here with Martina Bertu, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. It's only mid-February, and there have already been so many changes this year in AI. Sometimes it's tough to keep up, which is why we're welcoming back Martina Bertu to talk us through many of the big changes that AI has gone through in the past month. We'll chat about that in a little bit, but first let's give you the hits and headlines today across business and tech. Starting us off, Apple has reportedly built multiple foldable iPhone prototypes, but if they even come to fruition, don't expect them to launch anytime before 2026. Folding iPads, which have also been in development, could come to the market even sooner than that. Next up, Elon Musk officially switched the incorporation location of Neuralink from Delaware to Nevada. Musk's brain tech startup hit the road after a Delaware judge nixed his $55 billion plus Tesla compensation package. Moving over to the app space, productivity app Notion acquired Skiff, an encrypted email platform. The acquisition follows Notion's launch of a new calendar and added AI tools and features. In angry mob news, a crowd of people torched an autonomous Waymo vehicle Saturday in San Francisco. The mob surrounded the car, ultimately breaking its windows and throwing a lit firework inside. And finally, an old El Paso and Cinnamon Toast Crunch collab brings the cereal's cinnamon sugar coating to taco shells. Honestly, sounds pretty delicious. Unholy brand mashups have been a thing in recent months, but congrats to dessert tacos on being this year's least offensive one to date. And it's a nice replacement for the Choco Taco, which I believe is out of business nowadays. All right, on to the main story. Today, we're digging back into AI and any changes in the industry since the beginning of 2024. I'm joined once again by Martina Bertu, our resident AI expert, as we talk new AI regulations, layoffs, functions, and much, much more. So let's get into it. All right. Welcome, Martina. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Good. Oh, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, fine for me, too. I've just been kind of itching to have you back on because there's been kind of so many developments lately in AI, even in the past month that I'm like, well, we need Martina back mm -hmm. here stat. So I'm very happy that you could join us yet again. I know. I'm super happy to be here. Let's dive right in. So first off, you know, we mentioned there's been a lot already happening this year, but has anything this year in January or early February even given you any sort of surprise from the industry? Yeah, I think for me, it's been really interesting to follow how news publishers are tackling AI. So a big surprise for me in January was reading that New York Times is building out a whole AI team. You know, as a publisher, they've been pretty conservative with their approach to AI. I don't know if you remember last year, but they had updated their terms of service to prevent 
AI tools from scraping their content. And then in December, they actually That's sued right. OpenAI for exactly that and kind of compromising the integrity of their work. Yeah, they've just been pretty firm in their stance on staying human first when it comes to news. And so them hiring a head of AI, I think, just shows that they do still want to invest in the technology. They have this new editorial yeah. head of AI who's going to be tasked with building out a team who's going to experiment with AI tools, design some training programs. So I'm really interested to see how other publishers are going to follow suit, how they're going to respond. So yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, that's super fascinating. E even considering, I think at the end of last year, maybe it was, we heard a bit about how ChatGPT is actually going to have to start paying or OpenAI is going to have to start paying news companies in order to like feature their stories when you when you type something in. So yeah, very interesting to see what they're going to do with that going forward. Yeah, so OpenAI and Apple have been offering out huge licensing deals to different content publishers like The New Yorker. They even pitched The New York Times to kind of be able to scrape mm. their data and use it for their own uses to train their models. So it's pretty interesting to see how publishers across the board have responded. Yeah, for sure. And of course, within the first question and first conversation that we had today, we mentioned OpenAI a bunch. Do mm -hmm. you think that right now OpenAI is still kind of the dominant company in the AI landscape right now? Definitely. I think ChatGPT is the top AI tool in the world right now, followed by Bing AI. So they're just on top right now. And they have GPT-5 coming out soon, which has a lot of folks excited. In January, they announced a partnership with Arizona State University. So they just have a lot going on. I think it's going to be hard for another company to take that number one spot. Yeah. And even... I think a lot of companies outside of the AI sphere, as you mentioned, New York Times is one of them, are kind of working towards AI in the industry. And we're seeing that from a lot of companies like, as you mentioned before, like Apple, but also Samsung and Google with Google Bard. But uh, a lot of them are putting this AI integration into their phones or have kind of started mm -hmm. doing that this year. I remember at the end of last year, you talked about AI gadgets and those becoming maybe more relevant this year. What do you think about yeah. this integration of AI into kind of our everyday phones? I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's long overdue. You know, we use them every day. There are most used devices. And I think it's just going to help make AI more accessible to those who still don't understand how it fits within their day to day. And on another note, it brings companies like Apple to the forefront because obviously you can't talk about phones without bringing up Apple. But in the AI conversation, they've been pretty absent in the last year. And it looks like this year they're trying to make some big moves. And so it'll be interesting to see how they do that with phones. Yeah, I, I think they haven't exactly announced fully what they're working on yet. I've, I've learned from a lot of sources that they're kind of working on it, quote, very quietly. So I'm imagining that something with mm -hmm. iOS 18 may take shape. Do you think that's coming up real soon? I mean, typically, I think usually they come out with something in September. That's usually when they have a big reveal. So yeah, I think we're in for some really interesting surprises. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we were all uh, in for a big surprise this year. So far, I mean, at least in January, there was that whole deep fakes problem that's kind of still happening mm. on sites like X where you had these Taylor Swift deep fakes coming out and they were kind of lewd and they've traced they've been traced back as of now mm -hmm. to 4chan and things like that but people have been you know using softwares from like for example Microsoft to create those type of things what do you make of all of this information coming out this year and you know it being such a big deal now 
Yeah, I think it just speaks to the dark side of AI. You know, this isn't the first time we've seen AI used to create images of people. I think we all remember back when we had Pope Francis, you know, dripped out in like a puffer jacket <laughs> and a diamond encrusted chain. Oh, yeah. I definitely think it fooled me when I saw that. And... Taylor Swift's deep fake is more shocking, obviously, because it's explicit, but it's not the first or the last that we'll hear things like this. So with imagery is one thing as well, but with voice is another thing too. And I, I've definitely experimented personally with like a lot of like voice.ai, for example, applications that can take your voice and change it to the voice of like mm -hmm. a Joe Biden or Donald Trump or anything like that. Do you think that there's a lot more to come with that as well in terms of like scams and crime and all that? Definitely. It's unfortunate, but I think with any new technology, there's always going to be people who use it for good and people who use it for negative uses. And apparently one report showed that it can take less than an hour to make a deep fake and cost zero dollars. You can make it for free. So wow. of course people are going to, yeah, of course people are going to take advantage of that. And I think now with the upcoming election, there's another layer of complexity. People are scared that deep fakes are going to impact voters' perceptions of candidates, but also their ability to go out to the polls. And back in November, the Biden administration actually anticipated this and they created a special task force whose job was going to essentially set the record straight if any deep fakes of him came out saying, hey, the polls are closed or, you know, this is what I think about this particular issue. So I think it'll be interesting to see if we have any movement in terms of regulation there. I know that following Taylor Swift's deep fake situation, Senators have been pushing Congress to create legislation to prevent the dissemination of deep fakes, but of course, nothing concrete yet. Things take time. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because the internet works so fast and the AI works so fast. And unfortunately, specifically the US government, what we're talking about works very, very slow in creating new right. regulations <laughs> to combat these things because mm -hmm. they're just so new. They're happening every day. Like, you know, obviously the regulation is trying to figure it out, but I mean, it's going to take more time. Do you see them actually reaching any legislation on this anytime soon? I think so. I mean, we know that there are a lot of senators who have tried to push bills to regulate AI. We haven't seen anything concrete in the U.S. yet, but there is a lot of movement happening in the European Union. So hopefully that'll kind of start some momentum that will um, take shape in the U.S., you know, similar to how we have it, the EU has had some regulation for AI for specific use cases. So things like data privacy and internet safety, but they're close to passing this act called the EU AI Act, which would be the first law in the world to broadly regulate AI systems across all sectors. They just finalized a law on February 2nd. And so now it just needs formal approval through the parliament. And so hopefully things like that, getting that momentum will seep over into what we're doing here in the US. But like you said, things are very slow, but hopefully situations like the deep fake kind of create some momentum and help us make some headway there. Yeah, and, and talking about AI, a lot of layoffs have been happening this year. I mean, that was a big part mm -hmm. of last year was bunch of tech layoffs, but it didn't really seem to stop with early this year, you know, Google having layoffs and a lot of big companies. Like It's just kind of coming from every angle now, now with all yeah. these tech companies. Do you attribute that at all to AI and how that's becoming more of a fixture in the workplace and, you know, workplaces looking for AI engineers and maybe not looking for software engineers anymore and people of the like. Yeah, I think it would be easy to say that 
AI is the reason why these layoffs are happening, but I don't think it's necessarily the full story. I think there are definitely companies that are laying off workers to replace them with AI, but I don't think it's a large scale phenomenon or the data doesn't prove that yet. I think the reason why it's not large scale yet is because AI systems are actually really expensive to purchase and to maintain. MIT just came out with research that says that it's not always financially sound to replace a worker with AI. And so what's likely happening is that many companies are just shifting their long-term priorities because of AI and restructuring their teams and then layoffs are happening as a result. So AI is definitely a major player here, but it's not necessarily because AI is replacing jobs. It's maybe because companies are shifting their priorities and trying to be more innovative and adapting to the market. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of workers are going to have to do the same in kind of adapting to the market and maybe learning some AI skills and kind of getting trained in that realm. So I, I think there's going to be some growing pains here from both sides, probably. Oh, definitely. And finally, I was wondering, is there anything we should keep an eye on for the next month in the AI industry? One thing that I've had my eye on, it's not exactly going to be resolved in the next month, but the FTC launched a formal investigation into AI companies, right? So the background is the FTC asked five of the big AI players, so that's Google, Microsoft, OpenAI, Amazon, and Anthropic, to give details on their recent investments and partnerships. The FTC is like, we just wanna make sure that you guys aren't preventing a healthy competition in the market. And so let us know what partnerships you're having, what investments you're planning, give us the rationale behind them, show us what the competitive impact is gonna be, and then we'll take it from there, analyze them and see if they meet our standards, right? And so these companies have 45 days to answer to the order. So it's not gonna be resolved in the next month, but I'm just really interested to see what this investigation is gonna reveal about these AI companies and where they're headed. And if the SDC is gonna set any regulations or make any orders based on that. That's really fascinating. And that's good, I guess, considering that it could easily be monopolized, this technology, and easily be used when Absolutely. somebody finds something that works really well. So that's kind of great news, actually. That I, I wasn't expecting that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we see, I think we just see a lot of things have been falling through the cracks. And so now the FTC is like, wait, 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 wait. We need to keep a handle on this. We need to figure out exactly what you're doing to make sure that other companies have room to grow and uh, that there's a fair market happening. Well, Martina, thank you again so much for another month of AI knowledge. We would love to have you back next month. I will happily be here. Thank you, John. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trippiano, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at hustle.co slash email. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, 
Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.